Hello and welcome to episode 403 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. I'm joined by the other two M's. So M's, let's go around this 2023 cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. I almost just knocked over my, my microphone. So we'll just deal with that. So Joey, we'll start with you. Hi, I'm Joey Moser. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyMoser83 and I'm voting for Jeffries. And what? I'm voting for Jeffries. Today's the <laughs> the Speaker of the House vote. Oh, okay. I can't believe. I can't believe. Three times. Three times he still couldn't win. Ugh, anyway. Loser. Uh, anyway, no politics. <laughs> no politics. Megan. I didn't even know this was going on, so I feel bad. Um, hi, I'm Megan McLaughlin. You can find me on Twitter at HeyDudeMeg. And again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. Happy New Year, guys, and happy belated birthday. Thank Ooh, you. So the, the, we haven't the, talked the, in a while. I know. I it's, know. Been, it's been a while. We 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 talked about doing a podcast last week, but I think uh, I don't remember who said it. Maybe Joey, you did. But uh, Christmas on a Sunday is weird because it just kind of throws everything off. <laughs> I think it was Joey who said that because it was like it it, it was, like I still don't even know what day it is today. I keep thinking it's Wednesday, but it's Tuesday. Yeah. Like I've lost all track of days. I actually asked someone to their face. I was like. What day is it? Friday? Like, it's, it's like, oh, okay. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but now it's January, which is depressing. Although we do have a couple of fun things coming up to to uh, entertain us, um, including the uh, Golden Globes ceremony, which is on next Tuesday night. Which is on a Tuesday. Weird. Yes, on a Tuesday. It makes and, you think uh, of that one of my favorite songs, "Going Out on a Tuesday." Do, 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 in the club on a, you remember that song that was like popular like 10 years ago no no i don't no, no? okay no well continue then <laughs> no but i feel like uh i feel like you're just auditioning to be on saturday night live <laughs> I, know, saturday it was night why like I love 15 Mac- years ago Mackinan. it was it was if you look up in the club on a tuesday but i love Mackinan. it was really good i loved it okay i'll check that out later um yeah, so uh, Golden Globes on a Tuesday is a strange thing, and I, I think that you know, we'll, the purpose of this podcast is to preview the Golden Globes and to kind of spitball where we think the awards are going to go, and um, to talk about the ceremony and all that. And then, of course, we'll before we do that, we're going to um, list our favorite films of twenty twenty two. I don't know. It's, it's it's we're getting back into the rhythm. We've been off for a couple of weeks, so to so bear with us, we're just going to play this one uh, fast and free. I think sound good. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's start with our film lists, our, our, our top ten film lists of twenty twenty two. And uh, I don't know how you want to do this. I guess I'll let me just jump in and, and I want to throw out a couple of titles that um, were in my honorable mention list. Um, and we can kind of go around and do that because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that this year in film, maybe it's because I've seen more movies earlier. Uh, I don't know what it is, but this year, um, this year felt stronger in film than in television. And I would say, oh, yes, I felt that way too. Yeah. There's just a lot more interesting mm-hmm. things. I think this year too, because I'm getting more access to foreign films, because I'm getting more access to smaller independent films, I'm seeing a lot more of 
you know, that are not just the main Oscar contenders. I, I've, I've been able to see more broad things and, uh, you know, it's just opened my eyes to a lot of different films that I think I, I would not have been able to see otherwise or have not taken the time to see otherwise. I think but, TV's uh, in a little bit of a true crime rut too, where that seems uh, to yes. be bogging down a lot of the, like there are quality shows out there that are true crime, but I also think that we're getting like, everything's true crime so it's it's just kind of um like i I don't know for some reason and this isn't a bad show but chippendales was one that i was thinking of how like everybody's doing true crime right now and um what kind of different true crimes are we going to watch i don't know i just feel like it's a little more varied in film this year i agree and uh, even just today we saw um who's got another major um true crime serial killer drama coming up next year in the Boston Strangler starring Carrie Coon and Kira Knightley. Um, so there's going to be more coming and th- then there will be the inevitable TV movie, movie limited series about the guy who killed those four college students in Idaho. Right. Uh, I was thinking about that too. I was like, this is destined to be, you know, someone is like, they're like, you know, racing to get that, Yes, someone without a soul is just so yeah. excited to buy the rights to the story. Yeah. Uh, even though it's a um, horrible tragedy, um, of course. And uh, although I, 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 I might want a, um, a TV movie about Jeremy Renner versus the snowplow. Um, yeah, that was wild. Uh, that, I still don't quite understand what happened. Apparently it ran over him. I heard it ran over his uh, foot. Oh, I think it ran over. There's a, no, there's a, there's a, there's a, his, he put up an Instagram picture. There's something on his face. Like his, his face is injured. Maybe that, maybe that wasn't, you know, it running over him, but it was his, if he fell over or whatever, he's, he's, he's not doing great. Well, um, wow. apparently he did uh, uh, post something on Instagram. I thought I read. Yeah, yeah so, he did. Hopefully he's doing, he's, he's on the road to recovery. I know he's still in critical condition, but um, I know he came through surgery. Okay. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that because it did sound horrible. And, and of course the, um, I'm sorry, I can, I'm having the hardest time remembering this young man's name, but the guy who uh, had the cardiac arrest on the football game last night. Oh yeah. Hopefully he's Demar doing well. Hamlin. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Um, just a, a lot of really random weird stuff happening to people lately. Curse of yeah, that was a wild, like, that was wild. The whole thing, like, with between Jeremy Renner and that, it was just like, what is going on? Yeah. Anyway, so um, I'm not quite sure how we <clears throat> segued into that, but, oh, <laughs> true crime. Uh, so film is better than television. I have eight titles that are on my honorable mention list that I thought probably would be on my top ten. Um, and could, at any rate, you know, if I could wake up tomorrow morning and, and any one of these eight could be in my top 10 list. But um, just my honorable mention this year are uh, X, the horror film from the beginning of the year, um, Vengeance, um, Till, The Woman King, She Said, White Noise, The Fablemans, and Empire of Light. I really, really liked all of those films and uh, they just didn't end up in my top 10 list for whatever reason. Probably because I can pinpoint things within each of them that I I was like, well, they probably could have done that a little bit better. Um, but still, very strong films. I don't know if you guys had any. Well, Joey, I know you have an honorable mention list. You are always inclusive of an honorable mention list. I feel like it, it helps me uh, 
soothe me a little bit because I was like, the movies are going to be offended if I don't. <laughs> now I have um, Avatar, She Said, Banshees of Inisherin, The Menu, Empire of Light, See How They Run, um, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I want to see, see how they run. It's on HBO max. Uh, I've yeah. saved it. I just didn't get around the, I didn't watch any movies during Christmas. That was, that weren't Christmas movies. So, um, I think in the last like five days, I watched something like 15. Good uh, Lord. I, uh, am a little ashamed. I was about to say <laughs> I'm not ashamed, but I'm, I'm not. Yeah. It, it was a lot, a lot of movies. And speaking of foreign films, I still need to see decision to leave. I still need to see EO. Um, those two are are definitely tops on my list. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, Megan, do you have any honorable mentions? Probably Banshees. That's probably my honorable mention, but I don't really I, have too many. I feel like this is such a... Megan and I were talking about I think we talked about it a couple of times. Like, this is a good year for movies. There's a lot of really good stuff. Yes. And there are, like, some movies that are, like, really great. And, like, I have no, I have no notes for Banshees, but it was just, like, something that wasn't my, like complete favorite of the year but i really liked it yeah i totally get that i I really do um okay so do we want to just go around and do 10 9 8 7 etc like we normally do sure Sure. okay well who wants to start i will joseph (laughs) um my number 10 is speak no evil god that movie's gonna shit out of me oh my god that movie is really well done but it's so hard to watch. <laughs> Clarence, I think you will have an anxiety attack watching that movie. Where can I see this? It is on Shudder. Yeah. I will give you my password. I'll never watch that movie again. Oh, never and again. And that is no. the highest praise I can give to that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's all about like uh I don't I mean it's I don't I guess we're not we're gonna do it very quickly, but it's it's basically it's a Danish film. Um it's you know a family a Danish family visits a Dutch family that they met on a vacation. And when they get to their weekend cabin, how not cabin, it's their house. Um, a lot of really sort of passive aggressive stuff becomes very aggressive. And that ending terrified me. It's like one of the most disturbing endings you could watch. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. I, I would love to see it. Um, it sounds like it would make a great, um, Double bill though with the upcoming and I, the film I have not seen, but the upcoming knock at the door or knock at the cabin yeah. or yeah, no, this is beyond that. I think there's a really visceral um, quality to this movie that I was not expecting, and it's sort of it's it's also like really darkly funny too. Like you laugh because you're uncomfortable, and it's about sort of how we are willing to. Uh, put ourselves in awkward situations and not speak our mind, even though something totally horrifying is happening in front of us. So, excellent. That's a great hit, Joey. Thanks. Uh, Megan, what's your number 10? So, my number 10 is a movie I saw at the Miami Film Festival in March, and it was uh, Mariama Diallo's Master, with uh, <laughs> starring Regina Hall. And I found this film really different and refreshing um i it's kind of like i guess the the only thing i could describe it as is like a real real haunting a real ghost story without ghosts like um i i just found it really um really interesting and fascinating and um i it was something that like i still think about and i i think that 
this director is somebody who we should be watching. And um, yeah, I just was really, I thought it was really, really well done. Excellent. Yeah. I, um, I thought that that movie might do a little bit more than it did after making a big splash in the early festivals of 2022. And then with Regina Hall hosting the Oscars, co-hosting the Oscars. Well, I think it's because people wanted it to be like a true horror film and it's not like it's mm -hmm. commentary. It's, it's a very smart horror film. And I think people were wanted it like, like I said, it's the, the haunting is like, it's haunt. There's haunting, but it's not haunting. And it's, I think that's, um, you, you have to see it to experience it. But, um, I, I think people wanted the more jump scary and more real, like, uh, ghosts and that that's not what you're you're gonna get from this and i but i think that's the thing that i love about it excellent um my number 10 is a foreign film is uh saint omer the oh, french uh, film um from alice diop who is a former documentarian filmmaker um who uh created this wrote and directed this uh legal drama about a woman who killed her daughter. Um, and it's, you know, there's, there's not a lot that goes on in here, but what, you know, what does, um, let me backtrack a bit. It is not an action packed film. It is essentially being a witness to a court proceeding, but the relationships, the dialogue, the, um, the American viewpoint into the French legal system, I just found it completely fascinating. I, I did, I watched this because I did an, I agreed to do an interview with her just randomly and, uh, um, didn't, you didn't know what to expect. And I was just completely blown away by this film and I really can't wait to see what she does next. So it's uh, St. Omer. All right. All right. Uh, Joey, number nine. Uh, my number nine is, uh, after Yang, um, which I feel like is one of the widest movies I've seen in a while, features another fantastic performance from Colin Farrell. Um, I had been thinking about watching it like all year and I never caught up to it. And then I finally did. And it's one of the like 18,000 movies that I watched. Um, but it was just about, you know, a little girl's, you know, companion, an android named Yang malfunctions and he it's about how the sort of family deals with that there's a lot of stuff going on in it but it's directed by uh i'm gonna butcher his name uh koganada who also did that movie columbus with john cho and Haley richardson and i never saw it so i want to i want to see it now but it's i i sort of feel like you should go as blind into that as you can it's very quiet i love what the production design love the use of sound it's great excellent megan um, so my number nine is Last Flight Home. Uh, uh, it's a documentary from Andy Timoner. And um, it's about, she's a, she's a documentary filmmaker who's pretty well established. And, um, but she was documenting her father's final days, not for a film, but for herself to remember him. And then as she was uh, documenting it, she realized that she had actually had a story here and, um, so she turned his like after making his memorial video, she discovered that that she wanted to turn it into a documentary, and it's really um, it's just very emotional. I mean, you're you're with this 
person in his final moments and you get to know him through old videos and old recordings and um and it's it's just a really beautiful story and really well done and um i think uh it's it's probably uh it made me cry and i'm sure it'll make other people cry too but it's it's really breathtaking um being with with somebody in their final moments wow that's that sounds incredibly heavy it is it was but it's um he he's it's her father is deciding to um to take his own life because of uh just tired of fighting um with a lot of health like a health issues and um so there's also it also deals with how how that works too like how you'd go about doing that in california which was fascinating but it's it's heavy but um but it also, it, I mean, it's it's has some upliftingness to it because the, you grow to love the family and, and really get to know them. Wow, excellent. Uh, my number nine is um, Amazon's documentary "Good Night Oppie," which was heartbreakingly omitted from the yeah, shortlist. Yeah, I don't understand that. I really don't either because maybe it's just too popular. Maybe it's too. Um, Maybe they just thought it was too Bill Nye Science Guy. I don't know. I mean, I, I I wondered if it was having to do with the animation versus the special, like the like debate, the debate about that. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, I just found it incredibly interesting, and I found and I love how much care went into making this, and I loved how they made this robot. You basically superimpose emotion into this robot that you cared about its struggle on uh, a good night opportunity. And uh, what's the other one's name? Perseverance or spirit? Uh, was it, was it independence or no? In, was it, was it Liberty or <laughs> it's one of those things. Um, the two robots you cared about their, uh, their journey, even though they're, they're mindless, soulless robots that you cared about their journey on Mars. Um, and it's it's a really fascinating documentary, brilliantly made, um, brilliantly filmed. Uh, I don't, you know, personally. Brilliantly, Bob, brilliantly narrated, too, by Angela Bassett. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just a, one of the best documentaries I've seen in a very long time. Uh, so, Joey, number eight. Uh, my number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Um, my number eight is Benediction uh, by uh, Terrence Davies. Um, he always, I don't think anybody makes movies like him. Um, stars Jack Loudon as Sigrid Sassoon, who was a poet. Jeremy Irvine, Ben Daniels. I think Ben Daniels is so good. Peter Capaldi plays the older version of him. Um, it's restrained and faggy. Um <laughs> Two things that I like, despite everything. Put that on a poster. Yes, exactly. Restrained and that. faggy. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's this. I think there's a lot of movies that in this. A lot of things on. Well, maybe it's just these couple, but there's a. You know, I'm a sucker for restraint and you know things that you can't say because of the time period and blah 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 blah. And it's just really good. And I don't know why it didn't get an American. As far as I know, it didn't get an American physical release. All right. Uh, Megan, number eight. So my number eight is Nope. Jordan Peele's uh, Nope. Yes. Um, I 
I love this movie so much. I, it's another movie like this movie's so much I don't want to watch again, which <laughs> which, like I said, is the highest compliment I can give some of these because this is uh, just there's some scenes in this that are so disturbing, um, but so well done. And uh, I just yeah, I I, I was I, I can't wait to see what Jordan Peele comes up with next because his mind is so interesting to me with the like the, like I just love how weird and and uh I just love how weird the story is and I love how it all comes together I love the way it's shot I mean he um you know shot a lot of the night scenes during the day and then made it look like it was night which I think it was that's fascinating and um yeah I just I just can't wait to see what he does yet next and I think this is his best one yet very good um, my number eight is there's going to be two films here. You, you, as soon as I say this, you'll know what they are. There's going to be two films here that are big, giant, maybe messy films that I love because they're big swing films. And the first one, the number eight here on my list is Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, which is a, is a Baz Luhrmann film. I mean, that, that, that is a giant mess. It goes, it, you know, at times it goes too fast. It's, it, you know, probably should focus a little bit more on character than, than on the set design and the costumes and the music and all that. But I don't his, his movies just work for me. Um, and I had a fantastic time with this led by a brilliant performance by Austin Butler, who matches Boz Lorman's insanity bit for bit. Um, I even like Tom Hanks in this. I, I really don't get the, uh, I do the too. Hatred. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, he's playing somebody that is he, the, Colonel Tom Parker, who is not a well-defined person in real life. So who had a strange accent. So I don't know why he everybody... knew the assignment. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> like did. he absolutely did. So, uh, Elvis, my number eight, Joey. Wait, I thought you heard had two. Oh no. The other one is coming later. Oh, okay. Got oh, it. Okay. A bit higher up. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, my number seven is women talking. Um, I think online there are a lot of men talking about women talking. And I think the men talking should shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about this movie ever since I saw it at TIFF. And I just love the performances so much. Um, part of me even just as much as I want to see it in the Oscar sort of conversation. I was like, it's too, it's too complex. It's too... It's too richly written. It's too. I sort of was like if it doesn't get anything, it's fine because it's. I think it's a. It's a well-made movie. Um, yeah, I just. I, I think some of that movie has like, not, has haunted me ever since I watched it. So, uh, yeah, that's another one that is probably on my um, honorable mention list, um, particularly since after seeing it in. Um, Tell your right, everybody talked it up and said, you know, this is, you know, the front runner for best picture, front runner for best director, blah, blah, blah. And then seeing it sort of be mishandled, I think, um, as a film and its release schedule, moving it from early December to Christmas. Uh, it's not a Christmas movie. It should never have been released at Christmas. And the box office numbers are abysmally bad. Um it's made me sort of defend that film a little bit more. I think it's, it's unfair. I think it's, it's very well written. Um, and the performances are, are uniformly fantastic. I think it just, it's deserving a lot more than it's getting in terms of a 
better release and in terms of a better general reaction. But no one needs to hear me say that. <laughs> no, but shut you're up, man. Not, you're not. No, <laughs> it's not even. I mean, I say that as a as a what's that such a Bob quote? You know, where he's on the TV. But it's it's sort of like uh, it's it's I, you're not the problem. You always give like a thoughtful commentary to something like that, and you're. You, but it's just like all the other like stupid reaction video. Well, I think a lot of people are like, nothing happens, but I would like to compare women talking to Banshees and Inner Sheeran because I think they're actually quite similar in their, like, they're both, I was talking to Joey about this, I think they're both, like, they both are kind of like plays, and um, granted, I think that Banshees has probably a more lush setting uh, to play with, but... um, I think that, I mean, women talk, it's kind of women talking versus men talking with those two, I think. And I, so it's really interesting to me to see how people react, like, especially dudes love banshees and Mm -hmm. they hate women talking, but it's like, they're kind of, I mean, they're talking about very different things, but they're structurally kind of similar, I think. That's interesting. Uh, Megan, what's your number seven? My number seven is she said Maria Schrader's uh, take oh, on the um, Weinstein case. Um, I this was something that I did not I did not want to see this film, not because I wasn't interested in it. I think like the talent behind it is like you can't deny it. Um, but I felt like. I was one of those people who thought, oh, what? how else are they going to do this? You know, there's been countless articles and documentaries and stuff. But um, watching it, I think really there's a lot of tension in it that that's done really well. Um, the acting is great. Um, like, I think Carrie Mulligan is really great. I mean, um, and, and Zoe Kazan is always good, too. But I think they, they have a good chemistry with each other. And I... Um, I just really was impressed with taking this story that people probably think they all know. I think that's probably why it didn't do as well at the box office because it's like, well, I know this story, but really you don't. And seeing these, um, these women, um, and their stories, like I know a lot of people talk about, um, Oh, what's the big scene that everybody's talking about? It's, um, Oh, Samantha, Samantha Morton scene. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a really effective scene. Um, like seeing those, seeing these stories play out um, in flashbacks is is really effective. I thought and um, kind of and puts you in there these women's shoes. So I I just really was blown away by it. And um, so yeah, that's my number seven. Uh, yeah, great film. Um, like I said, it was it, it very easily could have ended up on my top ten list as well. Um, my number seven is uh, James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water, which is some, a statement I would never thought I would say as long as I lived, considering how much I loathed the first film in this proposed five-film series. But there's something about bringing a sense of family and a sense of stronger action to this film, plus seeing it in, a, um, in 3D, in Dolby 3D, which is uh, how I saw it, just blew me away. Um, it's so goddamn entertaining. It is, uh, it is three hours long. I did not feel the three hours, even the people who talk about the middle section just kind of lags. 
Um, I didn't think so at all. I, I, you know, it, it, you know, does it have cringy dialogue? Of course it does. It's a James Cameron film. What are you going to do? But the visuals and the, um, the command of the form that he has is you, you just can't deny that he makes really strong movies. Do I wish other people would write them? Of course I do. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm here for it. So Avatar, the way of water, my number seven. Good flick. Joey, what about number six? Uh, my number six is Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. I love that movie so much. I've thought a lot about how Gabriel LaBelle is sort of like almost pleading for everything to go right as he films it. I don't know. I think he's a really great, I think his performance is really great and undermentioned and all this year end hullabaloo or kerfuffle, I will say. Um, and I just think, I, I think everyone's wrong. I think Michelle Williams is wonderful. I think, uh, I don't know. There's, there's something about the way some people talk about this movie where it's just like, I don't know the, the machine of it all and the whole thing that, you know, we all do when we watch stuff, it's just like, shut the fuck up. I don't know. I love this movie so much. And I think it's, it's very well done. And I think it's something we haven't really seen from Steven Spielberg in terms of like sex and relationships. Cause he shies away from that. So, uh, I love it. I will always defend it. <laughs> the Fablemans. <laughs> um, the thing that really annoys me with the with some of the reaction that I've seen to it online is centering around why do I need this film? I don't care about this film. I don't care about these people. Why do I care about this white man? You know, I it just it just infuriates me because to hear um, to hear a lot of other people talk about this film, and particularly uh, those of the Jewish faith, sit there and say, mm. "I've never seen a Jewish." family portrayed like this on i've never seen myself on screen before like i had somebody tell me that yeah so and of course i'm not jewish i'm just paraphrasing what other people say but um why does that not count as authenticity as well like you know why does it have to be just one thing or the other why can't people also um long to see themselves i have issue i as we've talked about before i have one issue with the film that somebody's gonna have to sit me down and explain why the scene is in the film, but or the sequence is in the film, but um, it is a very strong film, and uh, I love Michelle Williams in it. Megan, did you ever come to terms with your um, understanding or appreciation of it, and particularly that sequence that you and I have both talked about? Not like still not high on the Fablemans. I think the first, I'd say, the first hour and a half are exceptional, and then I think it just kind of becomes a little self-indulgent, which I guess all of these like movies that are looking at themselves are kind of like that. But I just felt like it needed to be edited and pulled back a little bit, which is funny because everybody was like, Oh, we're getting so much of him. But um, I still felt like it was uh, in ways that, they kind of wanted both ways like, Oh, I'm going to make this about my family and kind of not put myself into it. But then, Oh, I am putting myself into it. I mean, I think, I think, um, you know, it's Spielberg. It's exceptionally directed. I, um, and I think Michelle Williams, Oh, I really want her to win. I really want her to win. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, 
but I just, it's not one of my favorites. And I, I, I don't like the last, I'd say, hour. I got really annoyed. I keep seeing it actually popping up where everyone's, uh, a lot, not everyone, a lot of people are saying, um, well, what side story was better? And I'm like, those are two completely different movies. And I was like, I don't understand. I was like, I don't <laughs> understand. Doesn't even make any sense. I was like, that's like, not a criticism. That's not a statement. It's just, it's just not like. And the thing about, um, you know, people were. I I can see your tweet, motherfuckers, because I West Side Story is my favorite movie of last year, and it was like, you want me to pull out all your your stuff? Like you can tweet, you can tweet eighty seven things an hour. I still see them, bitches. I mean, it's just like, well, this is bad. Well, this is bad. I was like, shut up. I, like it. I really respect though uh, Spielberg for bearing himself, like bearing this story and putting it out there, like more than anything. Because I'm sure that's got to be like I can't even imagine. Uh, I mean, you. I felt like I thought I knew maybe because I I knew so much. Being somebody who's a film fan, like I knew about the stuff of him filming with his friends, so that didn't seem fresh and new to me. But like the other things with his family were so fascinating and um i'm sure that was hard to do and so i think um if anything it shows that you know as a filmmaker he's still surprising us yeah it's great um and megan what was your number six? Oh, what was it did i do mine yet you haven't uh, done it yet. <laughs> did i do top gun maverick no, no you have not yeah okay is my next Yes, yeah. you are. Yeah. Okay. Mine's Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Which, surprised. <laughs> so what, like so my parents have like and I have talked about this movie as being a contender for best picture, and they're like, I don't understand. It shouldn't be best picture. And I'm here to say I think it should be considered for best picture because I think it uh it's it's authenticity in the way it's filmed, especially below the line things, I think are really fantastic and i was even watching something today where i'm like this is so clearly there's cgi like this is so fake it feels so it takes you out of the whole thing and um i was just and i wasn't a huge fan of the original top gun but i was really just sucked in i did not want the movie to end i thought it was so much fun it made me think of um you know being in the movie theater before covid and maybe that's a bit of why we all like we're excited to watch it because it was like kind of a movie event that we hadn't had in a while, but mm-hmm. I still think that should be rewarded because I think it's still doing a lot of things that um, a lot of movies aren't doing period anymore. And um, yeah, I loved it. I had so much fun with it. So that's my, um, yeah, that's my number six. Excellent. My number six is uh, the Banshees of Inner Sharon. A, um, Ever since I saw someone tweet out the Banshees of Ed Sheeran, I can't not see that. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, um, just a, a very funny, poignant, and um, I've seen it twice now, and each time I, I kind of find different layers to it. Um, it just an incredibly surface-wise, very simple film, but but one that is uh, laden with meaning, I think. Um, yeah, I, uh, love this film. Banshees of Inner Sheeran, my number six. Joey, number five. Uh, number five is The Woman King for moi. Um, I will admit, I haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet. 
What? Oh, I know. What? 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 We all need to see things in the first six months. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That movie came out in Memorial Day weekend. How the yeah, hell did come you on. not see this? Because I kept trying to see it in the theater, and then my husband is like, I want to see it. And then he specifically wanted to see it in IMAX. And then any other time after it left IMAX, um, he kept saying that he wanted to see it. And he was kind of mad if I didn't see it without him. I actually own it. And now that I'm finally getting my, the last two pieces of my surround sound, I will watch it on the 80-inch television that the former owners of my house left in the guest room that we put in the in the movie room. So I will watch it. I'm dying to watch it. Um, but anyway. <laughs> um, Wait. What, what your former the former owners of your house left an 80 inch television you buried the maybe lead not, maybe it's not 80 inches it's at least 60 they left a like a brand new lg flat screen like amazing tv on a wall mount in the bedroom in our basement wow and they are they haven't lived in that house for eight months and it was like do we need to tell them and they're like no if they left it in there that's it's yours so we mounted we put a wall mount on the um you know, the, the downstairs finished basement and we just moved it. Let's do our movie next. Um, but yeah, free TV. If you buy a house, maybe you get one. <laughs> um, uh, the Woman King with Strong Viola Davis. Um, I'm telling you, I think she's going to get nominated for Best Actress. I know people aren't saying that now, but whatever. Um, that movie, I had such an amazing experience just watching that in the theater. Um, on like a Tuesday afternoon at three thirty, with like ten other people, you could have sworn there were three hundred people in that theater. Um, that was a really great time. I I thought the action was great. I thought the story was good. I thought the performances were amazing. Um, another thing that's annoying me lately, I said something about Lashana Lynch because she was in Matilda and she's amazing in Matilda, the sweet, gentle character. And I said maybe you could add her for. Best supporting actress on your ballot. And everyone's like, no, the woman king. No, the woman king. I was like, she can be good in more than one movie in a year. <laughs> Come on, guys. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought that was great. There's some Babedu, uh, Lashana Lynch, uh, Sheila Adam. Is that her name? Um, all, all amazing. Good ensemble. Viola Davis coming for that nomination. Excellent. Megan, number five. My number five is a documentary called Second Chance. Um, from writer director Ramin Barini or Barani, and um, I saw this at the Miami Film Festival. It premiered at Sundance, but I didn't get a chance to see it. It was one of those ones that I missed because of time constraints. But um, I really uh, was thinking that this was going to be like in competition with movies like Fire of Love and um, and even Good Night Oppie after I watched it because I just thought that it was. Uh, it, it's about the, the the creator of the Bulletproof Vest. And it's really a character study in this Richard Davis. And, um, you know, this he who is such a character. Like, I'm surprised there haven't been um, other movies about him. Uh, maybe there haven't. I just haven't seen them. But like, or even just like narrative films, because um, he shot himself like over 20 or he, wait, he shot himself 196 times uh, in the course of his career to prove the effectiveness of the vest, like, um, which is insane. He would tape it and like, but his story, like some of his stories don't match up, like the origin story of how he came up with it. It's he's just such a character who is so fascinating. And um, the story is really interesting. And I, um, I really loved it. And uh, that's yeah, that's my number five. 
Excellent. My number five is the back half of the messy, big swing film uh, double feature. And it is um, Damien Chazelle's Babylon, which um, is something I'm going to be watching again very soon. So it may shift on this list um, positively or negatively. Um, but I this this really blew me away. I thought it was so much more entertaining, so much better directed than the film for which he won an Oscar that it's really kind of not even funny. Um, it's a, a film of a director working out different ways to make a movie and, and, and stretching his skills. And, uh, I'm all for that. It's got great performances. It's got some fantastic sequences. I, uh, truly love this film. I would agree with that. I'd probably have that on my honorable mentions list too, because I think it was something that like, I kind of love to hate it, hate to love it. Like, uh, I love it so much more than La La Land. Like, it's so much, it's like so much better to me um, than that one. But like, uh, I think that there are things, like you said, that are, uh, you know, it's rough around the edges and stuff, but it's also a movie that I haven't been able to get out of my head. Agreed. Um, Joey, number four. Uh, my number four is Bros. <laughs> Uh, what? Excuse me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go back in time and let me go. Tim Clarence saying Babylon. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I I don't know. I I like Billy Eichner. I don't care what people say. I understand the problems of people with Billy Eichner. I don't have those problems. Um, and then me liking Bros does not mean that I automatically do not like fire island i love fire island too um i think it was i like that it was a movie that said that leading men or leading characters can be assholes and i appreciate that and just because i don't know it was not marketed very well it was not handled very well i think this will be a movie that i will watch over and over so that's it I do apologize for going off. I know <laughs> no, you're kidding. I was kidding too. <laughs> Rose is a movie that I'm afraid to talk about with you because you're very like, it is like your little baby child. I feel like that you are very like, like you are very protective of it, which is so interesting to me, but I, I, I have no, I have no opinion on anything. So I haven't seen it. But I just say, like, I'm always like, don't talk about bros around people. <laughs> no, it's, I don't care. Like, Clarence wasn't that high on bros. But I mean, like, I don't care if, Clay, see, this is a lesson a lot of people need to know. And I, I need to tell this to myself sometimes. Just because someone else doesn't like a movie does not mean it should take away from your love of the movie to begin with. And no. that's true. The, the problem that I have with the commentary around bros is that I felt like it snowballed really fast after Billy Eichner said some stupid shit. And the way his personality because he is so abrasive, I, I felt like any time he said anything, I was I wanted to be I was like, just stop talking. Just stop talking. Like just let the movie speak for itself. Um so I understand some of the opinions about the movie. I don't agree with them, but I also think the I, I could not sort of wait as much as I love that movie and as many times as I saw it. I think I saw it three times in the theater. It was like I sort of needed it to go away for a little bit because any t you couldn't bring up that movie in a positive way. Not That's true. Yeah. And it was, it was really bothering. It really bothered me because I love that movie so much. I think it's actually really funny. So I don't know. Bros. <laughs> Megan, number four. Dick jokes. 
My number four is Fire of Love from um, another documentary. I think I have three documentaries on my list uh, from director Sarah Dosa. Megan's highbrow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's about like the love story between two scientists um, who love volcanoes. I just found this so fascinating and um, it's breathtaking to watch. It's um, like unbelievable the things that they would do. And, um, and I think they loved each other just as much as they loved the volcanoes, which I also think is, uh, fascinating, but, um, yeah, I, I think everybody should see it. It's, it's, it's really great. It is, uh, it is a really great film. Um, I think it's probably a spoiler to win the Oscar. I'm wondering about that too. I still think that, um, well, I thought Goodnight Oppie was going to take it. Yeah. Um, wait, now there's another one. What I, I'm missing. All one the beauty and the bloodshed. I'm, I'm not sure about that. There was another one that I, that I, you're talking about all the breathes. Really, which one? All the breathes. That one. Yes. That one. It seems to be popping up a lot of places. Um, my, what are we on for? Yes. My number four is, uh, Netflix's all quiet on the Western front. <sighs> A heartbreakingly well-made, brutal to sit through, but completely brilliant uh, war film, um, which is special because not only is it just incredibly well-made, but it's also Germany taking a look at their history and giving their own perspective of World War One from their perspective, which is a... Uh, um, version of this story that we've never seen before. Um, it is incredibly well made. It's incredibly well acted. Um, and honestly, I don't think I will ever not be pissed at, well, let's just say at Netflix <laughs> because they are burying this movie. And I don't know why, because I think it is easily their best bet at anything. I do too, actually. A serious film that has credentials above the line and below the line or has potential above and below the line straight up and down the ballot um, could easily, you know, if this were a, a uh, an American film that had a theatrical release and a lot of uh, power behind it, something like 1917, um, it, it could have easily have gotten t- eight, 10 Oscar nominations and we'll see what happens with it. But uh, it did show up pretty well on the short list um, that came out before Christmas, but uh, it's a, a fantastic film. And um, I don't remember that, Joey, you can tell me probably the name of the guy that, that, that the main character, Felix, is that his name? Felix? No. Oh, uh, it's like Felix. Anyway, the, uh, the actor who plays the main character is brilliant and should be in the conversation. And maybe that's why he's not in the conversation because nobody can remember his name. Um, it's a great film. I highly, highly recommend it if people have not seen it. I was going to say, another one that's on my list that's on Netflix that we haven't talked about um, is RRR, another one that I think um, that uh, maybe Netflix hasn't pushed properly or they've tried. I'm not sure, but um, that, that's, that's one that I Netflix need That's not a Netflix film, though. That's, it is screen, no, it is but it is on Netflix. Netflix. I don't yeah. know if that's, but um, I, but that's no, All Quiet on the Western Front is one that I um, need to see, too. Against that, again, that running time, those running times are always killing me. <laughs> I don't think this running time goes by. I think this one actually 
goes by really quickly. I will say it is it is like fucking brutal as hell. There's a part where you see some yeah. like run over by a tank, and I was like, "All right, we're doing it. Here we go." <laughs> it's really good. Um, so let's break into the top three. Uh, Joey, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is EO. Um, I watched this early on New Year's Eve day, planning to watch that first because the running time is very short. It's like an hour and 28 minutes. And it um, sort of devastated me enough that I was like, all right, that's the last movie I'm going to watch because I can't... I was so <laughs> emotionally invested in the donkey. The year of the donkey here in 2021. But um, I don't know. I... I I, it's just a movie about a, like a Forrest Gumpian, um, wandering donkey, the people that he meets, the experiences that he has, um, there's little to no dialogue, um, I think it's gorgeously shot, um, and I love animals, so, uh, <laughs> get the fuck away from the donkey, guys, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of like, I have not stopped thinking about that movie, um, ever since I saw it, and it's very simple, and it's very, um, Something about trading animals respect, which I always am an advocate for. It made me just want to like yell at everyone who does anything bad or suggests anything bad to any animal anywhere in the whole wide world. I don't think I can watch it because I think it I don't think you can watch it either. Yeah. It's really good. I love animals too much. Megan, what's your number three? My number three is Empire of Light. From Sam oh. Mendes. Um, the Mendes. And I know that this was another um, one that it was controversial because people didn't like it. Um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people say that, like, the last, they don't like the ending of this one. I really, uh, just really dug this. I thought that, um, I don't think it's a romance. And and I, I think that maybe that's the problem is that some people are seeing it as a romance. But um uh, and also I think it's it's just about a place and time and and working at a movie, uh, having worked at a movie theater, I responded to that. I don't know if Joey mm-hmm. how you felt about that. Um and I, I think Olivia Coleman's uh so good in it. And um I love the the cinematography, of course, uh, by Roger Deakins, um, and the music is spectacular too. I just I was really surprised by how much I loved it because I going into it hearing what other people had to say, and um, I oh, I just really loved it. I'm disappointed the score didn't make the shortlist. I think the score is gorgeous. Oh, I love the score so much. Um, and I did say when I saw that at TIFF, the first thing I tweeted out was. Empire of Light proves that if you work at a movie theater long enough, you will fuck a coworker. Yes, I do remember that tweet. Because then I was like, spoiler alert for Empire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that movie a lot too. I did as well, which I have already talked about it. Um, my number three is going back to what Joey said. It's it's you know a, a film that has been attacked, but it is. <laughs> Films are personal and mm-hmm. you love certain films for certain reasons. And that's totally as valid as somebody not liking it for whatever reason. Um, but uh, my number three is Armageddon time. Um, a movie oh, I've been yeah. on the record for talking about several times. So I won't go into it, but it's, I, I think it's, it's a very special film. Um, and I, I truly loved its performances, particularly by Anthony Hopkins. And um 
I love what it had to say. And, and the, the way that it is very brave in, in acknowledging certain things about privilege um, that I don't think mainstream films would necessarily do, would necessarily mm-hmm. acknowledge. So anyway, Armageddon Time, my number three. I still need to see that one. It's, I, I think I got a screener, but yeah. Joey, number two. Uh, my number two is The Eternal Daughter. Uh, Hogs, what? <laughs> Nothing. I didn't say anything. Uh, I I don't like uh, the two movies that Joanna Hogg did before. I didn't respond to The Souvenir. Um, I know I'm a bad gay Twitter person, or I'm just a bad gay because I don't like The Souvenir. Um, apparently. Um, but I, I don't know. There's something about, uh, this movie and about how, um, it's Tilda Swinton playing two characters. She's playing the daughter and the mother. Um, should they return to a hotel that, um, the mother, it was her house, their estate that was turned into like a cozy hotel. Um, and it's, it's not, it's, it's a ghost story, but not really a ghost story. And I just think it's, it's a lot of stuff about, um, being an adult child and sort of uh, taking care of your parents and um, I don't know, sort of getting to the age where you can ask your parents about their past and stuff. Um, I just thought it was, I don't know. I was very taken by the movie. I was very surprised by how, how um, like sort of passionately I responded to this movie. You've convinced me I need to see this one too. So Armageddon Time and Eternal Daughter. I like Armageddon Time. time. The performances in that are are good. They're really solid. Megan, number two. My number two is Triangle of Sadness. Um, (laughs) I I just love that film. (laughs) I talk about the movie that's long that like I know some people were like, oh, it's too long. I thought it was perfect. I, I don't know why. I just could follow these. Uh, people around it. It does have like a white Lotus quality to it, I guess maybe more white Lotus season two with, you know, the locale and everything. But um, I, um, I just, uh, I just found it funny. I found it devastating. Um, I really love the, the last half of it with um, Dolly DeLeon, who is like the MVP of the movie. Um, And I, hope it gets a bunch of Oscar nominations. I, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. And like I said, also like, uh, upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> My number two is a film that I had heard a lot about coming from film festivals. Um, it is deeply poignant and emotional and Almost a perfect film, and it is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot to put that. That was in my top ten, and I forgot to put it in. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie quietly devastated me. Um, I it just snuck, it sneaks up on you, and it it just it it's such a cliche to be like, oh, this is uh, this little shell is telling me about my life or this shell is telling me truths about life. But damn it, it really is. It's <laughs> and so it's, it's so, it, it's, it's, I, I love this movie so much that I will put it on this pedestal. 
this film is doing with its assume what I assume to be a shoestring budget with almost, you know, with very minimal visual effects. This film is doing what Pixar used to do with their great films. So there we go. Marcel, the show. Can I shoot. amend my like list? Because that was in my list, but I forgot to put it in when I was putting when I was putting my list out. I'll have to amend my list. No, uh, can I have two now. top ten? Two top <laughs> number one then? <laughs> For sure. I know what okay. you're I, I bet I can guess both of your number ones. But well, I'll just I'll just like add to Marcel the Shell that I think everything I agree with everything you said. I think that it should win um best animated feature. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it should be more in the conversation for best picture. I think it's incredible. I think um, the, you know, what they did with that film, um, like how they put it together is amazing. I, I can't believe I forgot because I had it in my list. And then I just like threw that together on Twitter. Um, I, yeah, I, I, it's probably in my number, in my top, th- I'll put it at number one next to the, my other one. It's fantastic. Excellent. So, Joey, what's your number one? I, I think I know, but I'm going to let you go. Uh, everything ever all at once. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say anything else about it. I've talked about it enough. Uh, <laughs> rules, and I want her to get an Oscar nomination. And I love it. I think it's beautiful. And that's all. <laughs> Fair enough. Megan? Oh, everybody's heard me talk about this one, too. It's women talking. I um, I think it's a new classic, actually. I've seen it. Uh, having rewatched um, bits of it for interviews, I it's just something that I watch with an easeness, like an ease to it. There's like a, I feel like I'm watching something. Um, not, it's not comforting by any means, but um, I think Sarah Pauly uh, is a really great director, and like this is probably her best one yet. And I think that she has a lot of confidence with the story that a lot of other directors wouldn't have been able to to do. And I think the cast is fantastic. Excellent. My number one film is uh, another French film. Go France, or no? Actually, this isn't French. Um, From Belgium. Belgium. Yes. Is it? Uh, I think it is actually, and it is uh, close. Um, a yes, it is from Belgium, um, but it's in French. So, a devastating film about the friendship between two boys. Um, these there's a sequence halfway through this film that I've talked about before. I don't want to give away too much about it because I didn't know what it was about going into it, and I think that 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 surprise and that dish didn't prepare me because I probably would have n- turned away from it had I known. Um, but there's a sequence halfway through the film that I think is among the best directed sequences of the year. Um, I would hold it right up there with the silent film sequence in Babylon um, and the uh, revelation of the affair in the Fablemans um, as five star cinema. <laughs> it's oh, uh, I need to watch it. It is a brilliant, poignant, painful to watch deeply moving film and i cried 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 i actually cried how many films did i i cried in all three of my top the uh, th- top three films of the year like a lot <laughs> um yeah close it's my favorite film of the year all right that was fun um that took a lot longer than I thought it would, but uh, good stuff. Let's go through the Golden Globes very quickly. <laughs> wait, what did he say? 
I said that took a lot longer than I thought it would. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'll say for Golden Gloves, are we going to talk like predictions? Uh, let's let's go through predictions. Um, we actually, we're going to do, do like, a rapid fire. We're going to yes, go like, through let's do rapid fire. Bam, bam, bam. But no um, explanation. Let's just do it. I do want to say that I think um, the Golden Globes are going to. There's no way they can win, quote unquote, from next week. Um, I think that they're, but because they're on a Tuesday, it's not going to be a heavily watched ceremony. I don't. I think a lot of people are probably aren't going to be there. I mean, I know we've seen some celebrities that will be there. Um, it's going to feel off. I suspect uh, we'll see next week, but um, do you guys have any, any sort of premonitions about how people are going to treat the golden globes after Tuesday? I wanted to sort of, I wanted to say like, okay, I I would need to look in to see like how well they're, you know, trying to recover from all the bullshit that was, you know, announced from them. I, I would I think this is interesting to see how an awards body after being called out like this and I don't know how serious they are about publicly, you know, making changes to their awards body and stuff, but like I hope that you know they do. And I I hope that maybe this is a, a left like I keep seeing a lot of people being like, oh, we're we're back to watching the Golden Globes now. I was like, well, are this is sort of an example of if someone is called out for something. And they want to atone slash make up for what they did. Don't we, uh, uh, I don't know, don't we, I don't want to say owe them, but I mean, like, isn't it worth trying to let them do that? Anyway. Wouldn't we give Lydia Tarr a chance again? <laughs> oh, Megan. Oh God, I forgot to put the whale on my list. Oh, God. Oh, I was going to ask. Um, that reminds me. I was going to ask very quickly. Uh, what's your least favorite film of the year? Or do we not want to f- focus on the negative? Amsterdam. Megan. I'm not going to say. I think everybody knows what my least favorite is. I'm going to say what mine is. Mine is The Whale. <laughs> <laughs> that is a trash movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know people love it, and I appreciate that. Um, I did not. I strongly I, did not. I had I indigestion from it. <laughs> anyway. And I haven't did it seen it. Did it make you want to run to the refrigerator and douse a pizza and ranch dressing? It made me want to uh, to talk to people who um, no, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Um, let's just continue to go with this. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Um, let's go on with the Golden Globes. All right, so let's start with television. Uh, supporting performance in a limited uh, or anthology series, television or film. Supporting actor. I will go through the nominees, and you guys can tell me who you think is going to win. Um, supporting actor: F. Murray Abraham, uh, Dalmal Gleason. Uh, sorry, F. Marie Abraham, The White Lotus, Donald Gleason, The Patient, Paul Walter Hauser, Blackbird, Richard Jenkins, Dahmer, Seth Rogen, Pam and Tommy. Go. Who? Ah, Rapid ah. fire. Oh. Um, uh, F. Marie Abraham. I'll go with that. I'm going to go with Donald Gleason. Um, supporting actress, Jennifer Coolidge, The White Lotus, Claire Danes, Fleischman is in trouble, Daisy Edgar-Jones, Under the Banner of Heaven, Niecy Nash, Dahmer, Aubrey Plaza, The White Lotus. Um, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, I'll go with that. I want to say Jennifer Coolidge, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Claire Danes because she's I was going like to say that's like five the spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she does? Okay, never mind. Claire Danes. <laughs> um, but they never awarded Jennifer Coolidge and I don't know. Um, uh, um, all right, let's go to supporting actor in a television series, musical comedy, or drama. The nominees are John Lithgow, The Old Man, Jonathan Price, The Crown, John Turturro, Severance, Tyler James Williams, Abbott Elementary, and Henry Winkler Barry. Uh, 
I'm going to say Tyler James Williams. I'm going to say Henry Winkler. I'm going to say John Turturro. Uh, supporting actress, Elizabeth Debicki, The Crown, Hannah Einbinder, Hacks, Julia Garner, Ozark, Janelle James, Abbott Elementary, Shirley Ralph, Abbott Elementary. I think Shirley Ralph. I'm going to say Janelle James. I'm going to go with Elizabeth Debicki. Oh, duh. Yeah, Elizabeth Debicki. What am I talking about? Um, Best Actor in a Limited Series. Uh, Taryn Edgerton, Blackbird. Colin Firth, Staircase. Andrew Garfield, Under the Banner of Heaven. Evan Peters, Dahmer. Sebastian Stan, Pam and Tommy. Evan Peters. Yes. Evan Peters. Actress, Jessica Chastain, George and Tammy, Julia Garner, Inventing Anna, Lily James, Pam and Tommy, Julia Roberts, Gaslit, Amanda Seyfried, The Dropout. Amanda Seyfried. Uh, Sure, Amanda Seyfried. I'm going to say they throw us a bone and uh, a curveball, and they're going to go with Julia Garner, Inventing Anna. Oh, oh, God. Um, Musical or comedy, TV, actor, uh, Donald Glover, Atlanta, Bill Hader, Barry, Steve Martin, and Martin Short, Only Murders in the Building, Jeremy Allen White, The Bear. Jeremy Allen White. Yeah. Yep. Actress, Quinta Brunson, Albert Elementary, Kaylee Cuoco, The Flight Attendant, Salida Gomez, Only Murders in the Building, Jenna Ortega, Wednesday, Gene Smart, Hacks. Jenna Ortega, Jenna Ortega. Wednesday. Jenna Ortega, yep. Uh, television series drama actor, Jeff Bridges, The Old Man, Kevin Costner, Yellowstone, Diego God. Luna, Andor, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, Adam Scott, Severance. Uh, I'm just, uh, Diego Luna. Yeah, I'll go with that too. Why not? Jeff Bridges, The Old Man. Uh, actress, Emma Darcy, House of the Dragon, Laura Lenny, Ozark, Imelda Staunton, The Crown, Hilary Swank, Alaska Dailies, and Daya Euphoria. I think Emma Darcy. Yeah, sure. I'll say Zendaya. Um, best limited or anthology series or television film, Blackbird, Dahmer, The Dropout, Pam and Tommy, The White Lotus. White Lotus. White Lotus. White Lotus. Television series drama, Better Call Saul, The Crown, House of the Dragon, Ozark, Severance. House of the Dragon. I'm going with House of the Dragon. Uh, Joseph? I guess House of the Dragon. I want to pause pause here and say that um, someone on film Twitter said, here's how you know the Golden Globes are crap. They didn't even nominate Rhea Seahorn for Better Call Saul. In what world was this woman going to get nominated (laughs) For a Golden Globe. I'm sorry. I know she's great on that show. I have long loved her on the show. But this is the supporting categories are terrible anyway. At like right. going to, I mean, come on. They had to make room for two women from Abbott Elementary. And it combines comedy and drama. Please don't get all panties in a bunch over that crap. That's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, musical or comedy series, Abbott Elementary, The Bear, Hacks, Only Murders in the Building, or Wednesday? I'm going to say The Bear. I'm going to say Abbott Elementary. I'm going to say Wednesday. All right. We are going all over the place. Um, Be sure to check in next week on uh, awardsdaily.com forward slash ADTV for our predictions from uh, the TV categories. Um, The film side, animated feature, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Inuo. Marcella Shells with shoes on. Sorry. Marcella Shell with shoes on. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, or Turning Red? 
I have to go with Marcel the Shell. Pinocchio. I'll say Pinocchio. Non-English language film. All Quiet on the Western Front. Argentina, 1985. Close. Decision to leave. RRR. RRR. I think it's RRR. I think it's going to be RRR. Yep. Original song, Carolina by Tay Tay. <laughs> Ciao Papa by, uh, <laughs> uh, from, uh, Gio, and that was actually from where the crowd had to sing. Uh, Ciao Papa from Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Natu Natu from RRR. Natu Natu. I don't know. They star fuck with this category. I'm going to go with Taylor Swift. I'm going with uh, Lady Gaga. Um, the next category is uh, Best Original Score, Carter Burwell, The Banshees of Anna Sheeran, Alexandra Despla, Pinocchio, uh, Hilder Guadagnader. <laughs> I can't say her last name. Women, women Talking, uh, Justin Hurwitz, Babylon, John Williams, Faye One. So, I think Babylon. Like yeah, Babylon. Babylon. Okay. Screenplay, uh, Tar, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Banshees of Anna Sheeran, Women Talking, Faye Ones. I'm going to Banshees. Banshees. I'll go with that too. Director, uh, Avatar, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Elvis, Banshees of Inner Sharon, The Fablemans. Uh, I'm going to go with The Fableman. I'm going to go with Elvis. <laughs> I would love that. I would, <laughs> I would love that. I would love I would, to see film Twitter meltdown. <laughs> I would hit record and just scroll through the tweets <laughs> just so I could relive it. Every day for the next, the rest of this year. Uh, I will also go with Steam Spielberg. Um, for the Fable ones, uh, supporting actress in a motion picture, Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Carrie Condon, The Banshees of Inner Sheeran, and Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Dolly De Leon, Triangle of Sadness, Carrie Mulligan, she said. That's Jamie Lee. I'm going with Jamie Lee. Um, just to be different, uh, I'm going to go with Dolly. I got to go with my girl. <laughs> supporting actor. Um, Brendan Gleeson, the Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Barry Keegan, Banshees. Wait a minute, Sharon. I'm going back to that. Jamie Lee Curtis is going to win because didn't she win for like Freaky Friday or something? She won for a True Lies. Didn't she win for something else? I thought she, she has. She won she for a TV two. show. Anything uh, that that TV show? She Scream won. Queens or something? No, she was nominated for Scream Queen. Okay, I'm going with her. You're right, but I want Do- Dolly DeLeon to win. I am going with her because she stood proudly by the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press Association, even in their darkest moments. And, but, but she did act out against the Nepo babies. <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> All right. Um, going back to supporting actor, the two guys from Banshees, Winter Sheeran, Brad Pitt, Babylon, K. Kwan, everything, everywhere, all at once, Eddie Redmayne, good nurse. Hey, Kwan. K. Kwan. Yeah. It's a sweep. Uh, Performance by an actress in a musical or comedy, Leslie Manville, Mrs. Aris Goes to Paris, Margot Robbie, Babylon, Anya Taylor-Joy, The Menu, Emma Thompson, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, um, Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Michelle Yeoh. Yes. Michelle Yeoh. I'm surprised by the number of people who are predicting Margot Robbie, um, but Michelle Yeoh. Um, actor, Diego Calva, Babylon, Daniel Craig, Glass Onion, and Knives Out Mystery, Adam Driver, White Noise, Colin Farrell, Ben She's Vinner Sharon, Ralph Fiennes, uh, Rafe Fiennes, excuse me, uh, the menu. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Actress in a drama, Kate Blanchett, Tar, 
Olivia Coleman, Empire of Light, Viola Davis, Woman King, Ana de Armas, Blonde, Michelle Williams, <laughs> Fable. Hey, Blanchett. Hey, Blanchett. Although, would it be a great upset of Michelle Williams one? Oh. Yes. I always feel like I said Kate Blanchett, and I didn't mean it that way. I love Kate Blanchett. She's great as Tar as Lydia Tar, but I really love um, actor in the drama, Austin Butler, Elvis, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, Hugh Jackman, The Sun, Bill Nye, Living, and Jeremy Pope, The Inspection. Austin, Austin Butler. Butler. Austin Butler. Motion picture, musical or comedy, Babylon, Banshees of Inner Share, and Everything Everywhere All at Once, a Glass, Onion, a Lives Out Mystery, Triangle of Sadness. Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm going with Banshees of Inner Share. Um... Uh, I'm going to have to go with everything everywhere. It's probably going to be Banshees, but yeah, everything everywhere. And last category, drama, Avatar, The Way of Water, Elvis, The Fableman's Tar, Top Gun Maverick. Elvis. Elvis. Actually, no, it's, I think it's going to be Top Gun. I actually was going to say Top Gun or The Fableman's. Um, it's one of those two. I'm going to say Top Gun. Oh, I love to see Elvis. I love to see Elvis. <laughs> They right. love their musicals. You guys, are you sure about this? Yeah, I don't. They love Boz. They love Boz. I mean, don't they? This is isn't this like one of the first times that like that that would normally compete in musical or comedy, but they changed the rules so now it doesn't. I just don't think it matters. I don't know. It's Boz. I think Top Gun would be like a a, a better headline for them. I feel like. Mm. I would love yeah. it. I, I mean, I would be fine with all five of those movies. Why? I'm just looking at like it has more act. Like if Tom Cruise was in for actor, then that'd be a different story. The fact that it has no yeah. acting nominations at all, I'm just kind of skeptical. True, it doesn't have uh, writing or directing either. I'm going to go with the Fablemans. Hey, I'm going to go with the Fablemans. Movie I'm going with Elvis. All right. Well, tune in to the Golden Globes, which will air live on NBC on Tuesday, January the 10th. To find By the way, I have no idea what I just predicted. I'm probably going to change everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to transcribe this podcast and send no! it to you. <laughs> you are locked in. No, I'm kidding. no really? Are you? No, no I'm not going to. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, Let's move to the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week, and you have to read it like the Micro Machines guy. So, Megan, you go first. Oh, oh. Um, so what are we looking forward That's to? That's you're um, done. <laughs> watching the challenge. Um, I'm seeing Megan on Saturday, I believe. Also, RuPaul's Drag Race comes back Friday. Um, so I'm excited about that. Having a little get-together, even though I'm doing dry January, so that's going to be interesting. Um, and then I'm also reading... Clarence, you'll appreciate this. Ken Calais, who was a producer on Rumors, wrote a book about the making of Rumors. And so I've been listening to that on Audible. And it's it's pretty fascinating. And, and they all seem like dicks. And But I also hate the way Ken Calais writes about them. Like, he really is kind of mean to Stevie. The way, Like, he said Stevie was laughing at something. He was, she had a sense of humor back then. And I was like, oh, what yeah. a bitch. Um, but I... You have to take it with a grain of salt, but I do believe all the things that happened um, 
you know, that they, these things happened and it's, it's, it's pretty great. All the drama and the making of the songs, how they came together. Um, so I've been really enjoying that. And I just finished Louis Anderson's, um, memoir, which is fantastic. One of the best ones I've read in a while. And it got me watching baskets again too. And then I'm also going to try to watch Jean Dealman 23. Um, since everybody, all the hullabaloo about that. So I'm going to try to watch that too. But I haven't logged it on my letterbox. How can it be the greatest movie of all time? <laughs> you sound just like all those dudes, Joey. Yeah, thank you. I've been working on that. Joey, what about you? Um, I am, I think, I think I have almost all of the shortlisted shorts. Like I've emailed publicists in Estonia to make sure that I got one. And let's slide the email publicists in France to make sure that I got some because they're not all readily available. So I'm watching 45 short films this week in order to write pieces and do interviews. So I will see you in two years. You have truly earned your honor as short king. Short king, yeah. In multiple ways. <laughs> <laughs> still want to... Um, Megan was telling parents that I want to create the short film section section, but I don't know what to call it. You know, so short films, short kings, or uh, I don't know, or the big shorts. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's all I'm doing, and I'm seeing uh, there's more faggotry with RuPaul's Drag Race, so never stops. Have you revealed to the world your drag race name yet? If I were a drag queen, yes. Uh, my drag queen name would be Lollygagging. No, it's that's not the one we came up with. <laughs> I can't remember the one we came up with. Oh, Faggity uh, Ann. <laughs> <laughs> my nickname would be Faggity Ann, and Megan's drag king name would be Faggity Andy. <laughs> oh, the twins! You guys, I know. Can them together. Well, interestingly, there are a pair of twin brothers competing on the season of Drag Race. So how fitting! There you go. Um. So go back to two weeks ago when I said I was going to go out and watch all these movies in theaters. And that's what I'm doing this weekend. I'm going to see Avatar. I'm going to see Babylon. And I'm going to see Megan kill people. <laughs> Super excited. <laughs> Megan McLaughlin, not the doll. Yes, no, I'm going to fly to, to, uh, to Pennsylvania and uh, to um, Pittsburgh and to uh, watch Megan um, stalk people <laughs> and do, and do uh, wild dances. <laughs> I can't wait. I want. I'm already looking for her outfit. <laughs> I think this should be a big thing for you in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm gonna make my whole life about. Like I remember a few years ago, I was like, I'm gonna dress like the nanny. I only want to buy clothes like the nanny. This is gonna be my thing this year. There you go. Um. So uh, and then um, TV. I'm. We are halfway through season two of Game of Thrones, and my son is really into it. I'm really sorry, and I don't want to tell him that it really sucks at the end. Uh. Um, yeah, I know. It's like, oh, God, this is going to break his heart. Um, <laughs> but uh, you remember the second season where we were all like, eh, this is really going on, and there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot happening, and this is dragging on and on, and I think it killed some of your uh, desire to watch it. Um, he's just really into, he's like, I love season two more than I did season one. Oh, I liked season two. I'm with him on that. That's okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, 
fully into it again. I mean, this is my third time watching it. So wow, I know. Um, and then uh, I'm still reading the It Girl by Ruth Ware as my audiobook um, while the uh, audio audible credits stack up. <laughs> so does that cover it? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get the hell out of here. So we are the three M's contributors, Joey Moser, Megan McLaughlin, and me, Clarence Moy, wishing you a very happy new year. Thanking you for joining us, asking you to remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Plus, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, or, Ed, oh, fuck, it's the beginning of the new year. Wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow. <laughs> Should I redo that? No, I'll it. Okay. Ah, fuck it. <laughs>